Hello you lovely lot. Today I'm chatting to the fab Nicola from Made With Mud. Nicola has a fascinating story about her business and how social media has both helped and hindered it in the most dramatic way. But first off, a little mention from the sponsors of this series, the RBL. After 100 years of supporting the armed forces community, the Royal British Legion understands and recognises the challenges faced by serving people and their families. That's why they are still here to support us in any way they can. From financial support to housing advice, or just someone to chat to outside the chain of command or patch, they will continue to fight for us 365 days a year. Head to their website for more information or to get involved in their centenary celebrations at www.britishlegion.org.uk. So the following interview is a fascinating and really open conversation with Nicola, who explains how social media helped her business, but also brought her to the point of deleting it all. It's one of those stories that really blew my mind when I spoke to her and I still can't quite believe how bad it got. But mixed in with that, there's so much positivity and hope. So thank you to Nicola for sharing such a personal story and for helping to end this whole series with her remarkable story. I really hope you enjoy this one. Nicola, it's so lovely to talk to you today. How are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I am good. I'm excited to talk to you. So could you first give us a little introduction to who you are and a little bit about your business? Yeah, so I'm Nicola Swan. My business is Made With Mud and I am a potter. I'm a studio potter working from a converted garage in my back garden. <laughs> but so much posher than a converted garage. I have seen it. We do a lot of zooming, you and me, and it's very posh and you have a kiln and you have a fire and it's basically that very famous film I've forgotten the name of. Ghost. That's the one <laughs> ghost. Every time I see you on Zoom, you're throwing a pot and it all looks so lovely and romantic with your fire. Basically, I think I'm a bit jealous because you have a lovely studio and I have a magnolia wall. But before we talk about your beautiful studio, what inspired you to start your business? I started originally about 12 years ago now doing a hand and footprints in clay. People bring me their babies and I make a little plaque with hand and footprints, but I kept making and just making other things and that was where my interests were lying so I eventually went and just did one of these little courses mainly full of your Coronation Street Deirdre's making little things that were you know presents for people but I really wanted to learn the wheel so I went off and learned the wheel and that was more of a hobby alongside what I was already doing and then reassessed life and went on to really focus on learning the wheel and concentrating on that. And that's purely what you do now, you throw things? Yeah, well, I make the odd little thing, like the Christmas snowmen decorations I've just been doing, where it's, you know, flat cane, cut it out, but a bit of hand building, but mostly it's thrown functional pottery. So anything you'll use like a mug or a bowl, that kind of thing. And they're beautiful. I have a Millspay mug. What is your favourite thing to make? quite like a big bowl just nice big bowls anything with a little bit of cleverness about it like I do these salt and pepper pots that don't have a bung they have an interior spout so the salt doesn't fall out the bottom so they're a bit complicated to throw but they're nice and interesting so that's what you do every day you said how your favorite days are just spent in your studio throwing pots yeah throwing is the best bit that's the bit I absolutely love doing But obviously, when you run a small business, there's a lot of other things that you have to do as well. 
but the actual process, the glazing, I enjoy experimenting with the glazing, but the actual process of glazing is not as fun as being on the wheel and making the pot. You're right. All the other bits of business, they do sort of get in the way. It's a bit of a stark reality, isn't it? When you first start off, how you love doing the stuff, but then all the admin and the clients and the criteria gets in the way. How well do you balance that? Been a learning curve. So I've just hit like a year of doing it with the pottery. The hand and footprint business was more, just a bit more than a hobby. Whereas this is a business and yeah, it's been a huge learning curve of trying to meet everyone's expectations. Well, actually a mug can take a month to make from start to finish. And yeah, there was a lot to learn and, and balance out, but it's starting to come now. I've changed a few things of how I work to actually balance the craft alongside turning things around. Good, because that's so important. And um, I do love your mugs. They're so beautiful. I think they're probably works of art rather than functional mugs. I'm too frightened to use mine because it's too pretty. <laughs> no, you must use it. <laughs> <laughs> and I love them. So you have your own studio. Let's talk about that. How did that come about? Well, to be honest, if I go back, because as you know from meeting me on the Zoom calls, I was diagnosed with cancer at the very end of 2017. And it was quite a grueling cancer. Well, they all are, aren't they? And coming out of that, I was a bit lost. I didn't really know where I was going, what I was going to do, where my place was in general. I didn't have a focus. So I'd been going back in. I didn't have a proper space. I was on my wheel and actually it gave me a focus. And my husband got involved as well because he wanted to make sure that I had this some way of bringing me back in and making me purposeful and it's such a shock. It's a shock mentally and physically. And then you, I came out of it. Who am I now? I don't know who I am. Do I plan forward? Because is it going to come back? I don't know. So this gave me something to actually focus on, which has helped quite nobby, all the rest and all the other concerns. So yeah, we organised the space. I have a lot of Christmas decorations, so I had to buy a shed just to move the Christmas decorations out of the garage. <laughs> And then we started insulating and making it a proper space that I could actually go in every day and set up as a pottery studio. And I guess it's about mindset, isn't it? And mindfulness and just sort of getting into it and not focusing on the rest of the world and just having your own space to do that. Yeah. Any time that I was really either down or my mind was too busy with the wrong kind of thought, it's such a therapeutic thing to do. I definitely think clothes therapy and I wish it could be offered to more people actually in a similar thing, any kind of arts like that where you can just concentrate on something and it just pushes everything else down and gives you a break for a bit before you face up to it all again. Because <laughs> it's physical and mental and I think that probably makes a real difference. Am I being overdramatic? Do you think it saved you? No, you're not being overdramatic at all. I did try going to some therapy and it didn't work for me. It wasn't helping me I did find that the purpose it gave me back physically it helped me because I had a lot of muscle removed so actually the wedging of the clay and lifting the clay and the whole thing is quite a physical thing to do that gave me help getting the strength back in my upper body but yeah mentally huge huge thing and knowing that I might actually be able to make a success of a little business as well because when I did open it it was September and I thought oh well I'm getting a bit of interest but it's just because Christmas is here but then January people still wanted to buy stuff so I was like oh I better crack on and get making a few more things then but it definitely I don't know if I'd have come out as quickly and as successfully as I did if 
from the cancer if I hadn't have had it. And is it continuing to do that? Because small business life and military life separately, let alone combined, it's a little bit stressful. Is it continuing to help you? It is. At the minute, it's a lot, a little bit overwhelming at the moment, but that's just because we're right on top of Christmas. I've got a lot of American customers and last postage date is looming. So, <laughs> yeah, at the minute, it's a little bit much, but I'm also really looking forward to knowing that probably even just in about a week, the pressure will be off. So it was just a small period. I can still fit in just doing a few bits for me and it just being the fun side of it rather than there's an order. Let's get it out. <laughs> Christmas. So it's always that time of night because all of a sudden you end up with, well, we've got to take some time off to actually enjoy Christmas. And you have postage dates, which must add an awful lot of stress to it. But glad to hear that you're still doing bits for yourself because it's so important. I always say with business, if you don't enjoy it, then you might as well go and work in a company and get pension, the Christmas party, get all that support. So you have to enjoy it. It's really important to enjoy it. I want to talk about social media because you're all over it. I mean, gosh, we've never met in real life. I find it really strange how there's people in this community that I know so well and we've never met in real life. But you're all over social media. Most of them, I think, which is your favourite? They all have their own things. I don't use Facebook as much, although a lot of my local customers tend to be on Facebook. TikTok has been great for growth, but has come with its own trials and tribulations of trolls. Instagram seems quite nice, but I'm struggling to grow on there. It's slowly coming. It's just starting to pick up at the minute. I've changed the way I do things on Instagram and it's starting to grow there now. Because I want to pick up on the TikTok thing. Now, I'm going to sound like a granny because I've never done TikTok. I don't really understand what it is. We won't judge me. But you're on it. Can it help business? Has it helped your business? It really has. Like I would say probably 65 to 70% of my sales are coming from America now. And that's purely because of the reach on TikTok. The thing is that on TikTok, people will get behind you. It's a lot easier for that once you've reached a certain point because I was plugging away at it for a long time for months and I was just getting a couple of views and I thought well that's fine because it's good content for Instagram was the way I was thinking but then it started to get a few more views and I inadvertently kind of used a an influencer who didn't know he was an influencer at the time it was just somebody who regularly did a TikTok and he'd hold a mug and I thought oh can I send you a mug so I sent him out a mug He got me up to a thousand and then I could go live with him and do chats and things. I don't go on there just to push, buy this, buy this, buy this. I go in there and I show my studio. I do lives in my studio. I show the things I'm making. And then people like to see the journey of it where it started as a piece of clay until the finished product. And then that brings the interest in of them wanting to then buy it from the shop. So who's this influencer? He's called Scott Evan Davis. He was a composer. He's written musicals. I didn't know anything about that at all. I just found his sarky comments funny and I was checking out his mug collection. And <laughs> we've ended up becoming really good friends. We chat almost daily now. And we were going to meet up in November, but that trip didn't happen. So hopefully in January. But he's been absolutely lovely and constantly, if he uses one of my mugs, he'll tag me and yeah. But that was accidental. I didn't really know I was involving an influence at the time. I always just thought, oh, if you have my book, that'd be quite good. It's gone on from there. I got followed by Rosie O'Donnell and sent her a mug. She's been on Instagram holding one of my mugs now, which is crazy. 
But that's because they're so beautiful. So mine has got a Melspo logo on it. I mean, it's a beautiful shape. And it's been hand-thrown, hand-glazed, hand-made, all the hand things. And it has the Melspo logo on it, which is 3D printed, which fascinates me. Where did that come from? Well, that was during lockdown. Because I was going to open the studio in like February. But I'd had an operation and then there was lockdown. And I thought, what can I do that's going to make me stand out? amongst all these potters and the glazes was one I quite like the drippy glazes which you'd have to go on my Instagram really to see that I was having all these ideas of what I'd like to put on the front of a a mug but I'd got a made with mud stamp made and it cost me 25 pound plus postage and I can't do that every single time what can I do so I started thinking well if I can make cutters and print my own designs with a 3d printer So it was literally just trawling YouTube. I couldn't find a course. I couldn't find anything to actually just tell me. So I just joined all the Facebook groups and asked so many questions. So it was a learning curve. I don't know if I could just go and print anything, but I know how to print what I need to print. (laughs) That meant then that I could offer. I approached, there's a local brewery, and approached them. I said, if I threw tankards, in fact, I didn't. I actually just made a tankard with their logo on it. I lifted it off their website (laughs) and took it to them and said, look at this. Would you like me to make these? And if not, just keep this as a gift. And I regularly make tankards for them now and just drop them off with them and they sell them for me. That's so clever. I've not thought of anything like that. Sort of preempting an order and and showing off your wares rather than having to pitch them. I mean, it was a little bit naughty because I took their logo, but I obviously I offered them and said, you know, if you don't want it, I won't reproduce it. This is yours. So, yeah, they like that. (laughs) But anybody that has their own mug from you just knows how fab it is. Honestly, we love your mugs. We're always raving about them in the group. I love it because it's personal, it's beautiful, it's handmade. And clearly you've made it in America. You're internationally famous for your mugs. You talked about TikTok and how a lot of your orders come from America. Was that the point where you've realised that this can be quite a successful business? I mean, I still get a lot of interest here, but it's mainly dishing out locally. There's a few people that are ordering through the website. It was just the reach. It's just the social media reach because obviously pottery is not that cheap. I started out at the lowest end of the price range. But yeah, I would say it was more the reach of social media finding the people that want those things and you can tell the story of the piece so they understand what's gone into it it's just finding your audience isn't it and that's what social media gave to me yeah and you did it through tiktok which i think is fascinating i've heard i think the experts would say that tiktok is not the place to be if you are looking for that kind of audience but you've rocked it and i love it but life on social media isn't always happy smiley it used to be I remember a day back or oh, when it first started off everybody's very polite unfortunately not that case anymore you've been hugely trolled this year yes how did that work out so one of the features on tiktok is that you can scroll through lives so on instagram you tend to only get a notification of somebody's live if you already follow them Whereas on TikTok, you can just go to a feature that says live and scroll. And I think I was just found like that. I don't think it was anything personal. I just was obviously a middle-aged woman sat in this studio, probably looked like I didn't have a clue what I was doing, which may be a little bit true about TikTok. And 
I was just quite happily sat there. I had about 15 people in my life and then started a few odd comments started appearing on the live. And I just was like, that's a bit funny. I'll ignore those because I do try to read most people's comments. And then another one came on. It gave the name of a YouTuber, which I have no idea who gaming YouTubers are. And said that that person was restreaming my live onto their YouTube channel and telling everybody to come here and abuse me. And they were. So it started with racial slurs, because if you get things like racial slurs on your live, if there's too much of it, it will take your live down. It will just get you cut off. So that was the purpose behind that. But I was absolutely horrified this was happening. Thank this person for letting me know where it was coming from, wrote the details down. And then it it happened like the next three times I tried to go live. And it was such an influx that it was hundreds of comments all at once. My screen was just flying up with comments. And then these accounts started showing up and I was being tagged in them. I was being tagged in videos, which I wouldn't go all the way through. So I don't actually know how awful they were because I wouldn't watch them. But what they'd done was it was just about the time I had just been told by the oncologist I didn't need to go back for a whole year. And I'd just been in Made With Mud for a year. And I'd heard this lovely poem, like what I was talking about before, calling yourself back and finding yourself again. And I just put this little TikTok together with this poem. And I nearly didn't post it, but I thought when I was ill, if I'd have seen that, it would have helped me through and see that there is an end to this. So I'd put that out and it included one picture during chemo. And I purposely picked one where I didn't look particularly well, because before that, if you saw me on social media, if I ever got snapped with a bald head, I'd have makeup on or a filter and I was smiling. And I thought, well, just for this one, let's just show exactly what it was like. So they took that image at that particular me during chemo and started setting up these accounts And it was things like mudding with my own feces and mudding with cancer. And I'm glad you you have cancer. And these comments would appear like cancer had one job. It was massively overwhelming. And the last live I did, I got told, you have body shamed this YouTuber. (laughs) Just crazy. It was completely made up, which I thought I was mistaken identity this point I thought they'd just got the wrong person and I was being threatened to be doxxed which is that they'd release all my personal details online and that they knew where I lived and that somebody was going to be coming knocking on the door within a couple of days and they were going to get police raids on my house which I thought was laughable I thought it was all a joke but when I spoke to my children this is something that happens so they actually do this usually in the gamers world and I don't understand how I had been stumbled across, which again, I think it was just they'd scrolled and found me on a live. But they were coming from another platform before they came to me. There would just be this sudden influx of hundreds of comments, all from different accounts. And they were telling me, oh, this person sent us and we come from Discord, which is a gamer's media for talking and things on. So I was very scared, (laughs) absolutely devastated. I thought people were coming to the house. I ended up contacting the police and saying, this is happening. And can I register my address with you? Because they're threatening to contact the police to get my house raided and things like this. 
So they took all the details and they gave me a crime number, but also said there was absolutely nothing they could do. Because as far as they were concerned, there is a cyber department for stalkers, child porn and revenge porn, and that's it. There was nothing else that anybody could do to help me. So originally, I thought, well, I'm going to have to close everything. I've done my whole business online and I'm going to have to close it all down because this is terrifying. I couldn't sleep. It was making me feel ill. So I made all my media I had to review the comments. They didn't just go straight on, which kills an account on social media because the algorithms need to see the interaction. And because I was stopping that, that stopped growth immediately from that side of things. And then they found me on Instagram. If anybody commented on any of my things on Instagram, they would message them and start telling them lies about me and that I was saying and doing things on lives about them and I had said this about them but they used really scary profile pictures really intimidating pictures and we are going to come after your customers and we're going to come after your kids and all this and again nothing I can do with regards to the police and so absolutely devastated I'm chatting with this friend of mine Scott who had recently been hacked and that's a whole other story but (laughs) he said you know if I was you I wouldn't keep it quiet and let people know that this is happening to you and just let the community help you and surround you. And I was like, this isn't going to (laughs) work. There's no way this can work. But I sat down and I thought, right, I'm going to do a post. I'm going to do a TikTok post. Um, He also said, you've got to open your comments. You've got to let them come so people can see it's happening and let them help you. Because I would report these comments. Those accounts are still there with my face on. They have no followers and there's no posts, but they're still there. TikTok have them under review. But most of the time, and even Instagram, when I was reporting some of these accounts, there was somebody on their their profile, their bio, said that they were a slave trader of black Americans. So I reported it and it came back that it didn't violate their... Code of ethics. Yeah. I was fighting this battle against this unknown person I did not ever release this person's name, this YouTuber that they were saying. I did give it to the police, but I sat there one day. I went on a live and I watched this person on their YouTube channel doing a live and they did not interact at all, yet these people still came. So I was starting to think, well, they're just using him to give them more clout, but actually it's not him sending them. This is a whole other group that's hiding behind somebody else although they're organising themselves. So I put this video together that basically just said, can you help me beat the trolls? And explained what was happening and what they were doing and what they were threatening me with and opened up all my comments and put it on TikTok. (laughs) And to begin with, they came, the trolls came, a lot of trolls came and there was a lot of comments. So I would just keep pinning them to the top and just put, please report this account, please report this account. And it went viral on TikTok. So I think it's standing at about 350,000 views at the moment. And the followers were just ticking up, ticking up. And that's all they needed was just a few extra people to help report these things. But they ended up, I took the plunge and did a live. And they came at me again in that live. And they're so awful. I mean, they literally say things like, I hope your kids get cancer and things like this. And it's just one thing after another when you think they can't stoop any lower 
but people were reporting them. And then the good comments started to drown out the bad comments on this live. I had about 350 people in this live. It was crazy. I was like, I can't answer everybody's comments. So TikTok was absolutely incredible for that. People did come and they did support me. They reported, they blocked. Then my phone started to ping at the top and they had gone on to my shop and they started buying all my stock. So by the end of that live, I had sold out completely in the shop. And they did then go on to Instagram and went after my customers again on Instagram. So I posted it on Instagram. And that helped the community understand on Instagram what was happening and why they were receiving those messages. But it didn't have the same effect that it did on TikTok. But the trolling was worse on TikTok, so that was fine. But they ended up, because I had so many people follow me, and I ended up joining the Creators Fund on TikTok. Now, I only get like a couple of dollars, I think, for each live I do. But I'll join it because they've offered me that and these trolls have given me that. So they are still there. They still pop up every now and then and just give me a nasty comment here and there. And it is the same group because they use the same profiles and names, but with different numbers after it. But so far, touch wood, I am on top of the troll situation. But they ended up boosting my business no end. So these are real human beings doing this? Oh, yeah, they are people. I think the ones that came after me on Instagram were children because the things they were saying were so childish. And when they were contacting my customers, it was really childish, the grammar and the things they were saying. Like one person got contacted and said, made with mud, said you were fat on her life. And I was like, okay, this is kids. I can cope with this. This is kids. There was a couple that were on TikTok that were adults. So it was quite easy to see they'd follow themselves because they had so many accounts. Each account I blocked, there'd be 30 with the same picture and a very similar name, but with just like a little letter change or a number change and so I'd have to block about 30 for each one that came after me you'd be on a live you'd block them they'd sign back into another account and come at you again it's just unfortunately it's a pastime for some of them and I was very lucky I was in the place where I was at that point that I could handle being told the things they were telling me and it didn't upset me when I thought I was personally in danger and that my children were personally in danger I was devastated and extremely worried because I don't live on a camp and so actually it's not that hard to find people if you wanted to and I didn't have that security so yeah there was a few sleepless nights but yeah this I'm pretty sure most of it was children it was certainly they sent children after me that was who was carrying it on and I think is now because the timings of it as well. If I look at the American people and their timings, they're coming when they're on holiday and when they're not in school. So did this YouTuber have anything to do with it in the beginning? I don't know. It's possible he has done that kind of thing and that's why they chose this person. But it was kids that carried it on. And that's the shocking thing that quite easily some of the things that were said to me, if I'd have been a child or a teenager, could have tipped me over so the fact that they deal with that every day is horrendous but I was very very lucky to have a good friend that knew what he was talking about and helped me turn it around because there's no way I'd have taken that approach myself not a chance 
Gosh, and what would you say for anybody else that finds themselves being trolled, either by one person or loads of individuals? Oh, it's going to be down to what that person can cope with. I was told so many times, it's my own fault. I shared too much because I shared that one picture. But I never thought for one minute that being a cancer survivor was something that you'd get trolled about. So I literally thought I was putting something out there that would help somebody else. There is a kind of wrongly so an acceptance that if you put yourself out there, somebody, there's a good chance somebody at some point will come and say things. So you are going to have to have a tough skin. But like I say, I received so much more positive, far, far outweighed the negative that I haven't stopped. I've carried on. If I still get them, they pop up every now and then. Yes, it does make me stomach churn as soon as I see the name of this YouTube because they still use his name and other names that he goes by, immediately makes your stomach flip and think, oh, here we go, we're going again. But I've got moderators on lives now that were regular followers, so they can immediately block them, remove them. I've got blocked words, so I don't have to completely turn my comments off. I can put that in place where you can block certain words that I know they use continuously. But they'll just change the spelling a little bit and still get the word through. For me, what worked was not keeping quiet. It was like bullying. If you don't tell somebody, they'll carry on and they just enjoy it, but not engaging with them. I engaged with other people. I did not engage with them. And I purposely didn't reveal this person's name, which was very lucky because I would have then been at fault for him getting trolled because there was no doubt people that saw what was happening to me wanted to go after somebody. And had I have put that person's name out there, I mean, 350,000 views later, that could have been those people coming after him. And yeah, he's not a nice person, but I certainly didn't want to be the cause of that happening to somebody else. But now, sitting back now, with a little bit of hindsight, are you glad you didn't just delete everything? Absolutely. I froze everything and I stepped back and I cried (laughs) and I contacted police to take that time to just work out how you're going to do it. Because the absolute fear of going live on that day after I'd posted the video and it had gone viral was terrifying. But having said that, I've just had another video go viral and it went viral because it was an accessibility mug with two handles and it shows completely other flip side. That's had about 130,000 views on TikTok And I've got a waiting list now of people wanting this double-handled mug. So it just shows you that going viral can be awful, but it can be really, really good as well. And it has helped the business. I mean, they helped me become a creator on TikTok, which I was sat at just under 3,000 followers, which had taken me about seven months to get together. I do take a lot of time on my media. I don't just throw anything out there, but you just got to know that It can be negative. Don't engage is the best thing. Don't engage with them. And how many mugs do you think you've sold because of this? Oh, my goodness, I don't know. I make key rings and I tend to pop a key ring in as a business card. And the actual key rings, I know I bought a batch of about 500 key rings and I've just had to buy another batch of key rings, you know, the the actual ring. So on the day they emptied the shop when I did that first live. And since then, it's just been, oh, my goodness, I've got to restock. I'm a constant threat of I've got to restock, I've got to restock. 
which is why I was talking about I'm changing the business. So I am actually going to kind of shut down work, restock, and then put everything in on one go and try and do it that way. But can't on the lead up to Christmas. But a lot, a lot of mugs. <laughs> and not just because they're so beautiful, because we want to support you as well. If we wanted to find Made With Mud and not troll you, just support you and write lovely things, where can we find your business? I am on Instagram at made.with.mud. I am on TikTok, Made With Mud Pottery. Facebook, again, Made With Mud. I am on YouTube. Not a lot happening on YouTube since all this happened. I'm not at the time to manage to do YouTubes as well. But most media, you'll find me. And be nice to her. Otherwise, we'll come and find you. No, we won't. We don't contain taking people out on social media anymore. After that story, I can't believe it. But thank you so much for sharing it today. You're very welcome. I'm sorry it was so long. <laughs> no, it was perfect because I think we all, like you said, small business. People want to know, they want to get to know you. They want to buy from you. That's the funky bit of having your own business is that it's yes, very personal. Yeah. But then there is that little fear. So it's so important to know the other side of it, what can happen and mm. if it can be fixed. So I think it's very good and very frightening, but also good to hear your side of it. Yeah. They inadvertently really helped me, but I've not gone on and gloated about that because I've just done this absolutely no interaction with them. So you can celebrate in your own magical way. So kind of coming to the end, is there anything you wanted to add before we finished? I don't think so. I mean, social media still is the best way to, especially if you're a small business. I haven't spent anything on advertising at all. I have sent a couple of mugs out to people and just, you know, find your niche and, I would still use social media. Don't let it put you off. Just be aware that there can be a nasty side to it. Yeah, that's a good way of thinking about it rather than being frightened. Like you said, like with bullies, you just stand up to them. Yeah. Once I knew there was no physical threat, then yeah, absolutely. But also do contact the police and things. And if you do think there is a threat, do contact them. I think with just my case, they just never heard of something like that happening before. But the more they hear about it, maybe the greater steps they'll take. Yeah. Nicola, thank you so much for sharing. It's very appreciated. I think it's really important and it's not a story you hear very often. So Nicola, thank you so much. You're very, very welcome. Thanks for having me. So that is the end of another series of The Independent Spouse. Thank you to everyone who has given such wonderful feedback. It makes such a difference to me, sat here in my little merry quarter, to hear how much you are enjoying these interviews and how it's helping make your own military life feel a little bit more positive. I hope you have the most wonderful Christmas and a prosperous 2022, especially if you're one of our Millspo businesses. I hope to be back with a sixth series of The Independent Spouse very soon, so I shall see you then.